0: Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy.
1: This morning, our scripture comes from two books. The first is Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Hear now God's word. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause the breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live and you shall know that I am Lord." So I prophesied that I had been commanded, and as I prophesied suddenly, there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are, are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own soil, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Our second reading this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 11, verses 38 through 44. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, When he had said this, this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: I'm Adam Seed, I'm lead pastor here at Orange, and I'm thankful that you have taken the time to be a part of this worship, whether you're here in person or those that are worshiping with us online. So thank you, such an important time on Sundays. As we go throughout such a busy week, it's an important thing for us to just stop and to pause and to be reoriented, find our focus once again on God. And so thank you for your intentionality to that. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we give thanks for this time that we have to be able to share with one another, worshiping and praising you. We give thanks because as we take this time to be reoriented, to find our focus back on you, Lord, you always have a way of speaking to us. And so now in these moments, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth? And as they fall upon our heart, our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. From time to time, I like to go walk through our cemetery here to the side and around the back. It's a beautiful cemetery, and I like to walk through and to see the names that you can still read on some of the monuments. Some that I've recognized, some that I've heard stories about them. I found out not too long after I was appointed and began serving here, I had a cousin that came and worshipped with us one Sunday who walked through the cemetery, and that particular cousin is all into genealogy. And he said, Adam, you may not know this or not, but you have some kinfolk that are buried right out here. Some distant relatives from my mother's side of the family are buried right out here. And I can walk by and see those names. So from time to time, I like to walk through the cemetery and and look and see those names I'm reminded that every one of those, every one was beloved, every one was mourned, their family, their friends. As we walk through, I'm struck by there's a number of infants whose remains are here, children, teenagers, young adults, Mothers, fathers, grandparents. There are some that you can't even read the name any longer on the stone there. But I know that when that body was put into that ground, someone mourned. Someone grieved them. And as I walk through the cemetery, every one of those that are there is a reminder of a simple truth. Death has claimed a temporary victory. And in fact, our scriptures today, both of them touch on that same thing. Death has claimed a temporary victory. Now, in that Old Testament passage of scripture, I always love this, this vision that God gives to Ezekiel. This vision, God takes Ezekiel up, and he places him in this valley, and he is surrounded by bones And Ezekiel soon discerns that these bones are very dry. And so we always refer to this passage of scripture in the same kind of way, don't we? We call it the valley of dry bones. We are reminded of how these bones are strong all around him and just laying out there. And did you know that it is nowhere in human history that people do not bury the dead. It's a characteristic of every human society that, that we will bury and honor the dead and not just let them lay where they have fallen. But here we have these, these bones that are just strung out It almost gives this image of some major catastrophe that has taken place, maybe a a battlefield where a great battle has been fought. And and an ancient curse was that your enemy's corpse would be exposed to the elements and not receive the, the honor of being buried. And so, as Ezekiel is placed here in this valley of dry bones, he's surrounded by these cursed bones that are devoid of even the stench of death, for they have been there so long. And God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? (laughs) Ezekiel's response is classic to me. He says, Oh Lord God, you know. And in my sense, when I'm thinking that, in that setting, and seeing these bones that have been strong about, these dry bones that are so far beyond the stench of death, if God asked me, can these bones live, I think I'd be saying, "Uh, uh, God, (laughs) only you know, because this doesn't seem possible. Only you would know. I think I would be so swallowed up in those circumstances that... I would be living in that mindset that death has claimed a victory. And then when we jump to that second scripture that was, we read just a few moments ago, it's that such a familiar passage from John telling us the story of Lazarus. And actually the lectionary calls for us to read the entire section that begins John chapter 11 all the way through to where we read today. That's a lot of verses. And so I encourage you to go back and read John chapter 11. Read that whole entirety of the story. But to recap just a little bit that story that I'm sure you're so well acquainted with. Jesus and his disciples have left Judea. They had left once again after another time when people had taken up stones with the intention of killing Jesus. But as they have left that area, he receives word. Someone sends word that his friend Lazarus was ill. And in fact, very ill. Deathly ill. And they are beckoning for Jesus to come, but Jesus delays. Always been somewhat problematic why Jesus would not hurry back to his friend, but Jesus delays. Until the time has come, as he delays a couple of days, Jesus then announces to his disciples, let us go back to Judea again. Well, the disciples knew what had happened last time they were there. And in fact, this has become a bit of a pattern for those that are wanting to strike Jesus down. And so they begin to try to resist going back. And Jesus says a lot of things that Jesus does that so many different times that you can tell the disciples just are not understanding what Jesus is saying. And so Jesus ultimately says to them that Lazarus has fallen asleep. And that he must go back to awaken him. Once again, the disciples are arguing and pushing back, essentially saying, look, if he's asleep, he'll wake up. If you go to Judea, you'll die. And so they're trying to put this into perspective for Jesus. It's not that big of a deal if he's just asleep. He'll wake up. You will die. And I love how Jesus makes it simple. John chapter 11, verse 14 is one of my favorite verses. I know a lot of people memorized another verse that comes in this same chapter, Jesus wept. One of my favorite verses is how they're just not getting it. So it, the scripture in verse 14 says that, so Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I mean, he just gets to it. You know, They're not getting it. So I can just see the, uh, the reaction on Jesus's face as they're not getting it. And he finally has to break down and say, Lazarus is dead. And it's fascinating how John, the gospel writer, records that Thomas, who was filled with his own doubt in this moment already, Thomas says, "Well, let us go that we may die with him. Let us also go that we may die with them." And the way that John records it, Thomas doesn't say that to Jesus. I imagine Thomas hear's Jesus say that Lazarus is dead. And he probably turns to the person beside him and says, well, let us go that we might dive with him. It's kind of like in class when a teacher would say something and you're sitting out there and you have a smart remark that you'd like to share with your person sitting next to you. And sometimes that teacher would hear you and say, would you like to speak up and share it with the rest of the class? Jesus didn't do that to Thomas. But I know Jesus knew. I know Jesus knew what Thomas had said. Thomas? He was called up in the victory of death. And so they go. They make their way back. And there Jesus encounters Martha and then later Mary. And they both say the exact same thing to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In the encounter with Martha, Jesus breaks it down a little bit more. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha affirms, Yes, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. She says she believes it, but she has no way of understanding exactly what he's saying. Because I think she's still called up that death has won its victory. Death has won its victory. But they go to the tomb, and Jesus calls out and instructs someone remove the stone. And Martha, the one who has just professed that, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Yes, I believe he is the resurrection and the life. Yes, I believe these things. Martha, who protests when Jesus asks for somebody to move the stone, he says, she says to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. If you've got a King James Version at home, Or even with you, I invite you to read this section of the King James. I always love the way Martha says, He stinketh. He stinketh. He's been in this tomb for four days. By now, the body is already beginning to decompose. By now, their stench of death is already so prevalent. Lord, yes, I believe you're the resurrection life. But he stinks. For he is dead. Death has claimed a victory. Once again, like Ezekiel. Ezekiel, can these bones live? (sighs) Lord, only you know. Roll away the stone. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and life? Well, yes, but he's dead. In that moment, they don't realize that the victory of death was temporary. And God is trying to show Ezekiel... God is trying to show Martha. God is trying to show Mary. God is trying to show Thomas and everyone else that death does not have the final say. But they remain called up in the death that surrounds them. I mean, in our lives, death claims a temporary victory. That death causes us to feel completely defeated. In some ways, I feel like the last three years, we've been through a time of dying, of death. I feel like this, we see the victory of death all around us through this pandemic that we ourselves have been through. For, I think back so many times to how in March of 2020, receiving a message from our bishop that all churches within the North Carolina Annual Conference, the United Methodist Church, were being asked to stop in-person worship for two weeks. <laughs> Doesn't that seem so funny to think about now? We were first told two weeks. We were thinking, oh, we'll be back in no time. And in fact, we really didn't know what we were doing and trying to do the live stream of worship. I remember one of the services we had, uh, one of the TVs was set up on the stage over in the fellowship hall, projecting the words that were being sung. And as it was projecting those words uh, on the live stream of that first one of those times, I was moving about the fellowship hall. I mean, there was just a handful of people in the building. But I was moving about. I was singing. I was raising my hands. And somebody sent Ryan a text message and said, tell Adam we can see his reflection on the TV. We <laughs> I mean, didn't know what we were doing, but we thought, oh, this is going to go by fast enough. And week after week, coming into this place, with hardly anyone else here. In a lot of ways, it felt like a death. It was, it was Palm Sunday of 2020 that we actually were able to do live stream worship in this space as well. And the number of people that reached out and said just looking and seeing the stained glass window gave them hope. And we needed it as it felt like a death was around us. You know, some things... The pandemic that we've been through will never be the same. We have experienced death. And even if you haven't been lost to anyone that you loved or knew to COVID 19, we have experienced death. There are parts of our lives that have died during this pandemic. For some, it was their job. For some, it was a relationship. For some, it was their relationship with the church. For some, it was a death. Of their faith. Death had claimed a victory. Like Ezekiel. Like Martha and Mary. Can these bones live? Lord. Only you know. Post or still in the pandemic. Can these bones live? Well. Lord you are the resurrection. And the life. You are the Christ. Lord. Only you know. But I think that Paul knows something that Ezekiel didn't know. I think Paul knows something that Martha and Mary and Thomas didn't know. Because Paul knows the end of the story. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he knew that death would only hold a temporary victory. And so, even though they may have been facing their doubts, in the face of death all around him, God tells Ezekiel that he is to speak, to prophesy to the valley of dry bones. And even when he's doubting, he did it. He did the very thing that God told him to do, to speak the word of God to these dry bones. And you know what happens. The bones began to rattle. Even though he may himself have been filled with doubt, he speaks. And the bones begin to gather, come back together. Sinews start being added to the body. Skin forms. And then God tells him, prophesy once again that the breath of God would come from the four corners of the world and fill these bodies, that these bones may live again. And even if he was doubting, when he spoke the word of God, life returned. And I think about at the tomb of Lazarus. As Lazarus is there, and Jesus says to come forth to remove the stone. Somebody first had to be willing, even if they knew that what was on the other side of that stone was the stench of death. Even if they did not believe what was on the other side of that stone was a walking person coming out. Even though they may have been filled with doubts, somebody still had to move the stone for Lazarus to be able to come forth. And So somebody moved the stone, even if they had doubts. And Lazarus... As Jesus calls him, he comes forth. And Jesus then says for someone to remove, unbound him, unbind him, and set him free. Friends, wherever we may be in our lives, we may be surrounded by death. And it feels like that death that we have been through for the past three years. But even though we may be facing that death and may be filled with doubts ourselves, I believe we are giving witness to a world by proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ who overcomes all death. Through him we have the victory. Death does not have the final victory. Jesus does. And may we, even when we doubt, continue to speak the word of God and live out a life, removing the stones, setting others free that they may live through Christ. Let us pray. Lord God, we have experienced so much loss. There are times it feels like we are surrounded by death. But death does not hold the victory over us. For any victory of death is temporary when we cry out to you. So, Lord, I pray that today we may receive your breath. That we may, even in spite of our doubts, that we may be willing to always proclaim your word so that others might be set free. Free for joyful obedience through you. So, Lord, may you continue to open those doors so that someone may come to know you. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon.
1: Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.